Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Let's take our Bibles and go over to the classic chapter and verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to begin today in verse 7. And I want to talk about how God is able to work things out for you when you put your trust in Him. I'm telling you, God is well able to put you over, and He's going to do just that. As a matter of fact, right now, His victory for you is what's on His mind. And you're going forward into some beautiful things, and any circumstances that's trying to hold that back, you will learn how to overcome them. And we're going to talk about that today. But first, let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we jump into Your Word... We thank you that it's your Holy Spirit who gives us understanding of what we read, who gives us spiritual comprehension. So, Father, we thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit, and we ask that your word would be made alive to us through this anointing of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say, Amen. Woo! Praise God. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to go to verse 7. And the Apostle Paul says, for we walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Well, let's take a look at a couple of things. We walk by faith. That's not just a blind, random type faith where you, you're just walking in faith and you hope everything works out. No, in other words, it's not a blanket, generalized type faith that, you know, you just trust that everything's going to be better just because... Hopefully it will be. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about specific faith in what? In God, in God's Word. God and His Word are one and the same. They will always harmonize or synchronize. They're always the same in that sense that we can put our full trust in God. So if we technically say we're trusting God, that really means we're trusting His Word. So if we don't believe what He says then that is causing there to be uh, a variable in our actual trust of God himself, the person. So it says that we walk by faith. Faith in what? Faith in God. But we have to go deeper. Again, it's faith in what God said. Because it's very easy for you know a Christian to say, I have faith in God. But they, they don't believe what he has written. But we do. Okay, so we walk by faith, that would be in His Word, and we do not walk by sight. In other words, when Paul is saying we walk by faith and not by sight, he is saying that the physical world in which we live and all of the circumstances and the things that take place in the earth that affect us, we're not going to allow that to govern how our belief system is. And this natural world can give some very compelling, uh, persuasive uh, uh, ways of trying to get you to doubt what God said, because it's in this world, the physical world, that we have contact through what we see, and that's big, what we hear, and what we can feel, what we could smell, or what we could touch, and these physical senses is really the lead guide for 
those of the world, certainly, but even for Christians, they can begin to have their life governed, uh, sadly enough, sometimes even by their own feelings. So here we walk by faith, not by sight. Or if we expand that toward what Paul is conveying to us, we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by how we feel. We don't walk by what the newspaper reporters are saying, which could be totally untrue (laughs) because news makes money. And the crazier the story is and the more hyped it is, uh, there's profits for these, uh, whether it's newspaper or you know, uh, media news and things like that. They're, they're in it for the money. So you have to be able to realize that all of these things in the physical world, they want to pull you off of the word of God. So you have to determine that you're going to walk out by faith in God, in his word, and not by sight or natural circumstances that sometimes can oppose God's word literally 100% a complete 180 opposite pull. So you could be believing God to go in this direction, but something in the natural realm, a real circumstance would be saying to you, there's no way it's ever going to happen because can't you see this, uh, this impossibility, or can't you feel what you're up against, or can't you touch the wall between this and that? You know, when they were, uh, the, the women were on the way to the garden tomb where the Lord was buried at, and they're walking. They have already gotten up very early and have prepared the burial spices, and they're going to go anoint the Lord's body. And while they're walking, Mary Magdalene and the others bring up the conversation, and you can't really help but notice it, uh, a major problem, which is this. Who's going to roll away the stone from the tomb? (laughs) Now, this is what some modern-day Christians would say. Well, Mary Magdalene, you've done a great job, but I tell you what, I think you did it all for nothing because we're never going to be able to actually anoint his body. There's this big stone. Uh, It probably weighs a couple thousand pounds. I saw it with my own eyes. The guards rolled it in front of the tomb and they've sealed it. And so, you know, I don't even know why we're walking, Mary. We might as well just go back and uh, we we should go back and turn on the morning news and do something productive. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? So we can keep moving forward. And that's what they did. Because as you know, by the time they got to the tomb, what happened to the stone? What happened to the problem? What happened to the big trouble? What happened to the immovable obstacle? When they got there, it was, it was moved, and there was an angel sitting on top of it. So today, I want to tell you to keep walking forward, keep moving forward. And when you go forward, you go by faith. You're not going to go by sight, because if you go by sight, you're never going to make it, because you will see things, you will feel things, you may touch things, such as a tumor, or something like that, a cancerous cyst, you may touch something. And all of these things in the sensory realm would say that God's word can't be true. But I'm here to say, and so is is the Apostle Paul, of course, writing by divine inspiration, that we can put fully our entire weight on the Lord. We can put all of our eggs in his basket. We can trust him 100%. And that word will be verified and proven true in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. 
Now, you might be watching today, and you might say, well, Pastor Stephen, this is great, but I have a, uh, let's say, for example, I have a financial trial. Somebody says, I have a financial trial, and the circumstances are real. They're not, you know, like, uh, like phobias. They're, they're real bills that have to be paid. Okay, well, what should we do? Well, again, we should walk by faith and put our trust in what God said, uh, what he said. For example, and I love this one. Let's turn over to it. Philippians 4, the fourth chapter, verse 19. And my God shall supply all. You may want to take your highlighter and underline uh, the word all. All your need. God will supply all your need. How? According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So God is able to take care of you, but you need to trust him and believe him that he is your provider. Now, let me say this. Your faith keeps pace with your positive spoken words of faith. And these are words that are confident where you're speaking, for example, Philippians 4.19. You may be looking at bills, maybe medical bills. Maybe uh, you have a business and you you had a lot of inventory come in and maybe you haven't sold it out yet. So uh, there's payments that are due on that inventory. You may look at all of those and, Pastor Stephen, what should I do? You should take a strong stand and walk in faith on Philippians 4, verse 19. And do not be led or moved by all of these things in the sensory realm. Praise God. Now, if you do this, God will bring you through every single time. And he's able to supply all your need, all of them. Praise God. So your faith keeps pace with your positive spoken words of faith. And here's something interesting. Your faith, it can't rise above what you say. It can't get any higher. So what you have to do is you have to say it. You look at Philippians 4.19 and you have to say it. My God shall supply all my need. And he's doing it right now according to his riches and glory by the anointed one Jesus. But you know what? Sometimes Christians, they don't want to do that. And they want to stay in that sight realm. And remember, we do not walk by sight but they want to stay in that realm because they feel very comfortable in that realm. And here's what will happen. If you talk weakness, if you talk failure, if you talk sickness, or if you talk financial insufficiency, then what will take place is that you will destroy your faith in that area. Now, I'm not saying you destroy your Christian faith in the sense of your salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about salvation is a word that encompasses the whole salvation of your entire life. So yes, when you're saved, you're born again. You are transferred. You are moved from spiritual death to spiritual life. But please don't forget that this is a full salvation. Jesus paid the penalty for your sins at Calvary. When we put our trust in him, we received salvation. Praise God. So we're going to heaven. But it's a full salvation that was also meant to be worked out into your life while you're here 
on the earth. In other words, God wants to work out salvation in your physical body with healing. God wants to work out salvation in your finances where you're blessed to be a blessing and you have more than enough. But if you talk weakness or failure and things like defeat, then you will destroy that area of faith where you need it most at. Praise the Lord. So what should we do? We should speak what God says. We should speak in harmony and in agreement with that. And you should get bold, really, and actually just declare it over your life. I mean, declare it over your life. Hallelujah. I'm coming through. God is working to bring me out. God is taking me over right now. God's angels are on assignment. Everything is going to be just fine. Now, while you're doing that, I'm sure that you still notice the physical realm in which you live, that perhaps things aren't changing, at least not immediately, but they are working. They are working. And as long as you stay in Bible faith, okay, not just a general type of faith that's vague and has no specific focus, but as long as you stay in faith, whether it's for healing, whether it's provision, whether it's for the salvation of an unsaved family member, you will see God begin to go to work on your behalf and God will work it out. Say that right now. Say God is working everything out for my good. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm -mm. My friends, God doesn't want you to be agreeing with negative circumstances, but rather he wants you to start agreeing with what he said belongs to you. Speaking in a very negative, unbelieving way is really uh, like your personal confession of failure and defeat. And really, it's, it's also a declaration of your belief in the supremacy of Satan. Now, I know that no Christian would consciously say uh, that Satan is supreme. But when you, as a believer in Jesus, go around and bemoan your situation and talk constantly about how bad things are or how they're getting worse, what you're actually doing is you're declaring what you believe and you are expressing your faith in a weak God and a very powerful devil. Oh, Pastor Stephen, but I would never say that. Well, we don't word it like that, but that's actually what we do when we see the strength of God's word and what God says, but yet we don't believe it and we stay over walking in the realm of sight. And you, you are speaking and you are being led solely by what you see, the doctor's report, the bills uh, on the table, uh, the things along that line. Praise the Lord. And it does seem sometimes like there are some Christians who actually have more faith in the devil than they do in God. They speak very reverently of the devil as if he's busy all the time, as if the devil uh, is constantly doing such a good job that he and the demons never have a moment to even have a water break. But God is constantly uh, not on the scene and nothing's happening and there's no breakthrough. But my friends, can't you see how they have snared themselves by the words of their mouth? 
Woo! Hallelujah! It's time to get your vocabulary cleaned up. I'm not saying you're going around uh, cussing and speaking four-letter profane words, but when Christians talk failure and unbelief, and they talk about how powerful the devil is and how uh, God doesn't seem to be moving, uh, maybe he's uh, off on the other side of the universe. I tell you, those are really... Um, those are very, very negative words, and it kept an entire nation, the Israelites, out of the Canaan land when they were supposed to go into it. <laughs> With the giants, notwithstanding, there were giants in the land, but they were supposed to go to it and take it. But all that grumbling and whining and moaning and groaning and complaining, God heard all of that, and they got blocked out until that generation entirely passed off the scene before the Joshua generation could take them in. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, speaking in a negative way about how bad things are, of course, it's going opposite completely of what Paul said to do. That, that's not how we walk. In other words, that's not how we govern or live our lives as believers. But speaking negative is an un it's an unconscious declaration to, that God, our Father, is a failure, that He can't get it done for us, that He can't put us over. But my friends, in our heart of hearts, we know that He can. So what should we do? We should say that He can. And at our weakest moment, perhaps in the heat of the battle, perhaps when the devil really uh, causes a bizarre uh, maybe like day where you get hit with a whole bunch of negative stuff. It's times like that, that you must say, God is working it out for me. Woo. Praise God. I tell you what, the, the angels must jump back and say, Oh, we got one over here. <laughs> we got one over here. That's the next one in line for a miracle. Mm -mm. How many of you are ready? Please listen to me very, very carefully. How many of you are ready for a Christmas Miracle. Mm. Pastor Stephen, will it be under the tree when I wake up on Christmas morning? Did Santa put it there? <laughs> no. Uh, we, don't, uh, we don't believe in Santa Claus, although those of us who study church history know about St. Nicholas, and so we know the origin of old St. Nick, and that there is actually uh, a lot of good baked into that real uh, church history story, but that's a different subject. But my friends, God is able to give you a Christmas miracle. And I believe for many of you, he actually wants to. But some of you, I have felt in my spirit, you've been a little too observant of everything in the natural realm, of the, of the realm of circumstances. And you've, uh, you've got a little weak with your faith. And I'm here today to put the Word of God into you so that you begin to get strong again and you begin to declare boldly, what God says is rightfully yours and who you are in his son, Jesus. Matter of fact, let's take a look at a few of those. How about Romans chapter 8, verse 37? Yet in all these things we, that's us Christians, us believers, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. How about that? More than a conqueror. Praise God. Well, I, I'll have to be honest. If God said that you're a conqueror, I would be excited. But he said that you are more than a conqueror. 
and you are. And so you have to do things like that. You have to say, I am more than a conqueror. God is making a way for me and God is working things out for me. Woo. Praise God. Mm. Now, if that scripture would have said, you are more than a loser, you're a horrible loser. Well, I don't know. I think I'd have to find, uh, uh, find another, uh, another God, but there is no other God. There is no other God, and he didn't say that. This is what he said. He said, you're more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Mm, Pastor Stephen, I feel like grabbing a sword. Mm, you might want to do that. Just don't hurt yourself. But walk around your room and say, I'm more than a conqueror. God loves me, and God is making a way forward for me. Woo, praise the Lord. Mm, I believe God's going to do a miracle for you, and you're going to get it. How about this? Between now and Christmas. This Christmas, not next year, this one. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. This is Jesus speaking. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, on Peter's confession, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Well, Pastor Stephen, the devil's just running the church over. No, he's not. He's not prevailing at all against God's people. We're holding strong, and we are advancing, and we are moving forward, plundering souls left and right, day and night, out of the kingdom of darkness. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. So that's what God's Word says. Hallelujah. And you need to let the spirit of faith begin to touch you because that is the spirit of victory that you need to be bold and to be strong and to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As you speak, you will create the reality of what you say in your life. I want to say that again. As you speak, you create the reality of what it is that you're saying in your life. Maybe you're watching me today from Ukraine or from Russia, and maybe you're right there sandwiched in the middle where the bullets are flying. Pastor Stephen, what should my confession be? Well, I'll tell you right now, God's got a confession for you, no matter what circumstance you're in. But how about this one? If you're stuck in no man's land over there in the Ukraine, let's go over here to this one. Job chapter five, you might not have a Bible on you if you're out there on the battlefield. So just listen to me as I read it to you. Job chapter five, verse 20. In famine, he, that's God, he shall redeem you from death and in war from the power of the sword. How about that? It says that in war, God will redeem you from the power of the sword or the instrument used for killing whether it's an AK-47 or a machine gun or missiles flying, bombs being dropped, or whatever it might be. God has the ability to redeem you from the sword, to redeem you from all of these things that, are, that would unfold in war, from buildings collapsing to even uh, uh, the shortage of food. In famine, he shall redeem you from death. Maybe somebody's watching me from Somalia, 
and you somehow got on the internet and you're listening to me and there's not much food around. God says that if you'll trust him, if you'll put your faith in him as Jehovah Jireh, the all sufficient one, then in famine, he shall redeem you. Now he's not promising to redeem everybody else. Those that don't believe him, those that don't trust him, those that doubt him, but for those that trust him in famine, he shall redeem you from death. Would you like to see an edge of faith that's so bold, so strong that it would completely, it would uh, perplex an unbeliever. It would really probably perplex a non-spiritual Christian. Let's take a look at it. Job chapter 5, verse 22, we're very close to it. Look at this one. Are you ready for this? This is, this is for the man or woman of faith who really believes what God says and takes it to heart and does not walk by sight, but walks by faith. Again, faith, not generalized random faith. No, faith in what God said. Here's what he said, verse 22. You shall laugh at destruction and famine. Now, can you imagine a Christian uh, with a bunch of other people around, maybe unbelievers, or maybe a bunch of doubting, pouting Christians, and uh, a news announcement comes over the whole group, and they say, uh, we have just found out that all of the grain shipment that was coming in has been diverted. It's been taken over by a dictator, and we, therefore we have no food. And what if the Christian that heard that out of all those people started laughing, started laughing, People would think he's crazy, but I'll guarantee you one thing. He'll be the only one that doesn't starve. <laughs> he'll be the only one that gets through it. Hallelujah. Unless the others maybe found a, you know, a box of snicker bars, you know, stuffed under a, 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 a couch somewhere. Who knows? But it says, you shall laugh at destruction and famine. Pastor Stephen, that's a little too bold for me. I don't know if I'd laugh. Maybe the, uh, why wouldn't you laugh? Are you afraid the devil? would get a report back that you, that you laughed at his supposing terrifying report. <laughs> Woo. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you be careful. The devil might hear. Well, certainly God doesn't in a sense need to hear. He already knows. He already knows. So the enemy needs to know where you stand. But if you complain, grumble, doubt, and speak in a way that demeans the value of God's almighty word, then the enemy thinks, wow, this guy's easy plunder. The enemy thinks, wow, there's a scripture for me. The, the, the devil thinks there's, there, there's a scripture just for me that I can use against him. That the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. <laughs> the devil says, I just found somebody to devour. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the believer who's solid in God and laughs at destruction and famine. The enemy is just like, let's go pick on easier prey. Mm -mm. And even though no believer is exempt from trials and the challenges of life, I'll tell you what, that's the person that goes through and survives any battle and comes through victorious and realizes that when God said, you're more than a conqueror, he meant it. And that's during war, during economic famine, uh, food shortage, uh, diesel shortage, or whatever it might be. 
Praise God. Financial test, whatever it might be. Medical test, whatever it might be. You shall laugh at any form of destruction. You shall laugh. There is a place in God where you can do that. Mm -mm. That's called strong faith. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Do you know that the Lord, it says in in, uh, Psalm 2, the Lord laughs at the wicked when they plot with their UN council meetings of how they're going to destroy Israel and how they're going to uh, have a one world global system and how they're going to overthrow God. The Lord in heaven laughs, laughs at these people. Wow. Praise God. So you are made in the image of God. We are told to be imitators of our heavenly father. So if God laughs at them, I think also there should be times in your life where you sense that anointing to laugh at the bills that say we aren't going anywhere. And you just laugh. You just laugh. Hallelujah. You don't even have to argue with them. Just laugh. You laugh at the doctor's report because you know what the bills or the report doesn't know that you're coming through and you're coming out and you will. And you will praise the Lord. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people that they not just have faith, but they have what Jesus is looking for, great faith. And Father, even Jesus wrapped up that parable in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, about the unjust judge and the widow who prayed. And Father, Jesus said that when he comes back, will he find faith? I pray right now, although he's not coming back at this moment, but I pray that he would still find faith in your people that are watching right now, that they would rise up They would not be moved by circumstances, but they would be governed by the walk of faith and their trust in what you said. And I thank you, Father, they're about to step into the most explosive growth year, blessing year, spacious enlargement year that they've ever had and they're ever in their existence upon this earth. And I thank you it's going to be mighty. And I thank you that you're going to crown their year with goodness and they're going to see your glory. Now, Father, I pray for everybody that's watching and listening right now that this would be a very special Christmas, that you would bless them in a way that they could be the greatest blessing they've ever been during Christmas time, that they could extend gifts despite what the economist economist might say of save all your money, which they're basically saying hoard and be greedy. Father, I thank you that this can be a time of giving out and being a blessing. Now, I know, Father, for some, it may not look like that can be possible, but I'm praying that your word to them will come alive. And you said, oh God, that if we, that if we trust you, we will be blessed. And that if we believe the prophets, we will prosper. So Father, I prophesied to your people that this is going to be a strange Christmas. This is going to be a strange Christmas because they're going to find themselves very quickly in the overflow to be a blessing. And Father, we thank you for the words of the Lord Jesus how he said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. I thank you, Father. Bless your people for Christmas. Let them be empowered to bless others. I just thank you, Father. You're a miracle worker, and they're going to see your goodness. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, do something. For some of you, maybe you've never done anything like this in your life before. You've been all mild and um, you've never had any hot sauce thrown on you before. But do this. Say this. Say, I laugh at destruction. Say that. 
Say, I laugh at destruction. Now try this one. Say, I laugh at famine. <laughs> Let's get more realistic. I laugh at diesel, at diesel shortage. <laughs> I laugh at financial insufficiency. You laugh at it. Why? Because you will always have a full supply. Mm -mm. Now, you can't be responsible for other people's lives, but you can be responsible for yours, and that is something that is put in victory through strong faith in God. Praise the Lord. Now, for those of you that would be watching today's program, and you're thinking, wow, I, I wish I had a, a backup system like this. I wish I, wish I, wish I had a, a God that I could put that much confidence in. You can, and He loves you. This is the Almighty God, and His Son Jesus came to the earth and died on the cross as a sinless man to pay the penalty for your sins. And if you'll just simply put your trust in Him right now, and surrender your life to Him. He'll save you of your sins, and He'll bring you into this walk of faith, this walk of victory. Praise God. You'll gain heaven, and you'll gain victory in this earth. Now, if also, if you used to be a Christian, but you fell away, got messed up in sin, you, you walked away from the Lord, it's time to come back. The, the enemy lied to you, saying it's more fun out there in the world. Listen, walling around in a pig pen it's not fun, okay? It's time to get your life right with God and be washed clean with the blood of Jesus, okay? So those of you, pray this prayer after me right now. Those coming to Christ, those returning back to Christ, pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, from this day forward, step into my life and lead me and guide me in the walk of faith. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Now lift your hands and thank God for saving you right now. Thank Him for saving you. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. You know, I was talking with a young brother uh, on the phone today, a, a, a spiritual son, and he's young in the Lord, and he told me about a certain situation he was involved in, and I, I just shared one, one scripture with him, and when I shared that scripture with him, he said, oh, that's a very good uh, a prophetic meaning there, Pastor Stephen. Well, I was thinking, well, it's not a prophetic meaning, it's what God said. <laughs> if God said this is right, it's right. If you, do it, if you don't do it, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> That's the walk of faith. It's very practical. It's not complicated. Amen. We do it God's way, and He takes us forward. Praise the Lord. All right, let's take Holy Communion together as a Christian family. I want to invite you to grab some unleavened bread. If you don't have one of these little wafers, just grab a little cracker, whatever you might have handy. Grab some grape juice. If you don't have grape juice, grab what you've got, convenient, until you can get yourself some, okay? And let's pray. Father, thank you for the bread and the juice. Father, we bless it right now. We pray over it and we set it apart as holy. And we thank you that we now receive the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the Lord's body. Father, we thank you that Jesus spoke such powerful words. He actually said that we will have whatever we say. 
And Father, we thank you that he wasn't playing around or kidding. He meant it. So Father, we thank you that our words are governors, uh, thermostat setters for our life. Father, take us into these bold declarations right now as we receive the Lord's body, where we laugh at famine. We laugh at diesel shortage. We laugh because we know you're putting us over regardless of what is taking place. You're putting us over in victory. Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Let's receive the Lord's body. Now, someone might say, well, Pastor Stephen, there's a diesel shortage and I don't have any diesel. I can't go anywhere. Then it must mean it's God's will for you not to go anywhere because if you need it, you would have it. Okay. Praise the Lord. Anything you need, he'll supply. If, if for some reason it's not there, it means you're not supposed to have it right now. You don't need it right now, but anything that you need, God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by the anointed one, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, his mighty cleansing power. We thank you that we belong to you. And we thank you that there is a hedge of protection all about our lives. Father, that even in war, we are protected from the sword. You keep us from calamity and tragedy, and you keep us alive, even in war. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. We give you all of the praise. Father, I know there are people watching this in different parts of the world where things can be unstable real quick, or maybe they're unstable right now. We thank you that we're standing on these scriptures. In famine, he shall redeem you from death. And in war, he shall redeem you from the power of the sword. Father, we give you praise. We believe your word and we celebrate it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. My friends, thank you for joining me today. And throughout this week, find those scriptures that feed your faith. Find those scriptures that you dare to believe and believe them boldly and do what? Proclaim them. Proclaim them very boldly and stand on them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And I'll see you next time in victory. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen, and I want to take a moment to share with you about our upcoming tour to Israel, the best of Israel, and it really is. The dates are May 7 through the 17th, 2023. And I want to share just for a moment about the itinerary and all of the wonderful things that we're going to see and do. So when we fly into Israel, we land in Tel Aviv, and then you're picked up from there and taken overnight to Netanya. You'll spend the night in a beautiful hotel, and we're right by the Mediterranean coast. And the following day, we begin to move out into our tour of the Holy Land. And one of the first sites that we're going to go to is Mount Carmel. So up we go all the way to the top of Mount Carmel, and this is the spot where Elijah the prophet slew the 400 false prophets of Baal. And it probably looks something like this. Praise the Lord. 
And my friends, we continue on from Mount Carmel, and we go on next to Tel Megiddo, and we also go to Nazareth. The following day, we are at the Sea of Galilee, and we're going to take a boat ride out on the Sea of Galilee, an unforgettable experience. We will also continue on that day to the Golan Heights. It's a very beautiful place. And then to Mount Bintal. Now, the following day, we go down south to the Jordan Valley, and we also go to En Gedi. I think you're going to really love En Gedi. It's an uh, Israeli national park, and it's where David hid from King Saul when King Saul was hunting him for his own life. It's very, very uh, beautiful but rugged place. The following day, we're in Jerusalem, and we go to the Mount of Olives. Wow. Amazing. Gethsemane, Mount Zion, and the Upper Room. We're also going to go the following day to Beersheba and the Valley of Elah. We're going to continue the next day after that and go to the Pool of Siloam, David's City, Ein Karim, and the wonderful Temple Institute. Now, the following day after that, we go to the Friends of Zion Museum, and then we have some free time to go around Jerusalem that afternoon and just uh, look around, shop around, and do whatever is in your heart to do there in the Holy City. And on May 16th, we go to the Pool of Bethesda, and we go to Gordon's Calvary, the Garden Tomb, and also the Western Wall. Now, don't be surprised. While you're there at the Western Wall, you might see some rabbis blowing the shofar, and it might look something like this. My friends, I want you to come on this tour with my wife and I. We're going to host you, and you are going to have such an absolutely wonderful time. The price is $47.49, and it's an all-inclusive package price that includes the basic tour and guided sightseeing, round-trip international airfare, all of the fuel surcharges and government taxes, the administrative fees and entrance fees is all covered, the daily breakfast and your dinner, it's all included, the guide, the deluxe motor coach, and first class hotels, it's all included in this package price of $47.49. So I want you to call the 800 number and get registered today. That number is one 800 929 4684 and select option two and the travel agent will help you get all registered and set up and my friends you're going to have the trip of a lifetime we're going to have a lot of fun and i can't wait to see you on the bus as we travel the holy land together god bless you i'll see you in israel may 7 through the 17th 2023